In 2016, scientists on Earth detected a fast radio burst from a distant region of space with no observable SARS. The following transmissions were declassified by the scientific community and given to us to present as the Binary Saga. Log entry, Jaime Venus 78, 2383, Age of Enlightenment. Hey Jason, I'm currently enjoying a quiet evening by myself at our flat here on Alondra. The weather's very clear tonight, so I think I got a few good pictures of Iria Law for you. But I attached a great one for you Kai took from outside Jisso Space Complex. In Kai's picture, Iria Law is the center star near that cluster of the three stars in a row. Want to hear something cool? Iria Law is part of an ancient constellation called Astra the Warrior. According to legend, Astra fought off 17 warriors as she led the Empress Hera to safety. Astra's fighting weapon was a spear, whose tip is symbolized in the constellation by Iria Law. This is very fitting, as Iria herself is admired for being the tip of the spear in business. It's cool, right? I conspired with Kai to surprise Iria with your photos of the star. Kai commissioned an artist to recreate your photo as a wall mural in the lobby of the Verkstad corporate headquarters in Hopnina. It looks so cool. Aria was incredibly moved when she saw it. I have attached pictures for you. Okay, so if you're not coming on the next MagSail ship, then I guess I will just have to cancel those dinner reservations. <laughs> that will also give me some time to upgrade the guest room. <laughs> Should I purchase a larger bed for you guys, or has Aaron gotten used to having you back in the same bed? When Andy and I are apart for business trips, I would find myself eventually sleeping in the middle of the bed. Andy claims I do this even more together. <laughs> I don't know if your mom received her package from the latest probe, but there's a pennant for Aaron in there from our family. It's like your mom's, but the rune means protector, because she protected you and your crew from harm. Legend says it gives a person strength to stand tall and keep everyone from harm. My mom also sent your mom one of her silly shirts. Have you seen it? On the front, it says, Space Mom. And written on the back, in ancient, it says, My kid went to an uncharted system, and all I got was a lousy shirt. My mom thinks she's hilarious, and it's good that our moms share the same sense of humor. The rest of the gifts are for her upcoming big birthday. I know there's more jewelry, candles, and a Farhoom plushie, and Helgi sent her a geode from Avalon. Also in the box, there are Yonso watches for you and Javi. They are apparently certified by Hoxa for spaceflight, and most astronauts wear them. Just say thanks, and don't ask Andy about it, unless you want a long-winded explanation of the origins of ancient horology and the difference between synthetic and real watch crystals. Finally, there's a fair bit of alcohol and vin, which is intended for Ori to use as a friendly bribe with the council, so they'll let her keep her items. <laughs> Juniper was disappointed to learn that you ran into the same midpoint interference phenomenon, because that means that she'll have to apologize for yelling at the Samcoma representatives about interfering with fleet affairs. Helgi said that Verkstad was never convinced that the interference resulted from solar flare, so you helped him put that hypothesis to rest. It occurred to me that if Aaron's SI program hadn't worked, neither Mana or Velen would have been able to reach you. Aaron really did save you all. Although, had you been rescued by Mana, I am sure that the Finn Collective would have claimed that you and your crew were kidnapped for sinister purposes. <laughs> well, now that you're back, what are your assignments and missions like? Have things changed dramatically? I'm sure there are exciting new missions and young pilots who have come through the ranks. Does everything seem lame after your last mission? Are there people who were junior to you three years ago who are now commanders? Did you at least get a promotion? Or some time off? <laughs> Has CNR changed? Like, is your favorite restaurant still around? When I came back from Stromsheim after being on a laundry for so long, a couple of my favorite clothing stores moved to new locations. A park I loved became a condo high-rise, and my favorite restaurant closed. It was the same, but different, if that makes sense. Hmm. It's funny you should mention the trade negotiations, because the Conclave of the Empire Five, or the Cote Five, just met. The Cote Five is an interplanetary summit to address major issues related to the planetary economies and trade. The Cote Five is held every 10 years, and it rotates to each planet. This one was on Viron, and the next one will be on Haimavina. 
I tended the last one on the Laundra, and it was about as exciting as watching ice melt. This year was more interesting only because Vela was a major topic. However, I don't think the outcome is what Vela wanted to hear, mostly due to politics of the trade minister Gustav Mortensen from Ghana. Mortensen is a notorious Kasipa and a hardliner in the traditionalist coalition. Let me see if I can spare you one of Andy's long-winded explanations of Alithian politics. Trust me, this is a kindness. <laughs> there are five major political parties in the empire. The Traditionalist Coalition, the Federation Party, the Alithian Alliance, the Centrist Party, and the Protectionists. The parties all have similar core platforms, but differ on issues like trade policy, planetary sovereignty, and religion. For example, the old Hymavenan Expansionist Party merged with the Alithian Alliance because they share similar social and economic values. Both Vera and Oli are members of this party. The Hymavenan Protectionists merged with the Alithian Protectionists for similar reasons. Between you and me, here is where the Velen Trade Minister is going to run into static. The current ruling party is the Traditionalist Coalition, whose leader is Speaker Helena Uklin. The Traditionalist Coalition are nationalists. They believe in allegiance to one's planet and traditional monoculture. Helena may be cool to play cards with, but she is all in on Ghanaian pride. I understand being proud of where you are from, but their positions border on xenophobia. The last time I caught one of their heritage speeches, I was with Andy and Bjorn in the house gallery, and Bjorn rolled his eyes and whispered, Another resounding endorsement of the independent standards in the public education system. <laughs> anyway, during one of the sessions, Mortensen went on at length about the limited value of trade with Vela due to the projective costs and frequent loss of spacecraft. Vera's trade minister shot him down at every opportunity and noted that the probes don't have any trouble. Oli told me later that Gustav barely understands basic economics, and he can be manipulated if he's convinced an idea is his. Oli winked when I laughed, and I asked if I could pass that information to Ori. <laughs> On the plus side, their traditionalists care about autonomy, so they shouldn't care who Haimavina chooses to trade with. And they'll come around when they see how profitable it is. If you'll indulge me, I want to brag about work a little. Following the takeover, we've experienced steady growth, and this year we reached a milestone of just over 300,000 employees. We are not as big as some of the major Lithian houses, but we are a real player. To keep the momentum, I had House Jorgensen featured in the Lithian Business Magazine as Best Place to Work for those in advanced software technology fields. My team and I also secured an Lithian fleet contract that locks them into using our hand terminals with House Laurelin hardware components. Both houses' stock soared after the announcement was made. <laughs> to celebrate this huge deal, Janine and I came up with a fun idea for our house teams. We rented out Clyde's brew house in Tallina and hosted a trivia night. And at the end of the night, we let them know that they were all getting bonuses for their hard work. Clyde's bar manager loved the trivia idea so much that they now host trivia night every Thursday and it's become a favorite after-work meeting spot for employees from House Laurelin, Jorgensen, and Newspark. Unsurprisingly, House Newspark is the reigning trivia champions because Kai, in addition to being really smart, has a head full of random, useless factoids. One evening, Janine and I brought our team ringers, our dads. Kai somehow got wind of our plan and brought Uncle Helgi as his ringer. The regular game ended in a tie, and the bar manager set up a lightning round for just my dad, Bjorn, and Helgi. Andy asked the questions, and you would have thought we were at a sporting event with all the cheering and hollering. For the tiebreaker, Andy asked them to translate a phrase from ancient. We lost, because Bjorn is fluent in ancient, thanks to having a parent who is an anthropology professor who studies early ancient Haimavala Prime. Janine led the Laurelin team in some sort of victory war champ, while Bjorn, always the gracious winner, stood on his chair and bowed. Once he was done, he looked at me and stuck out his tongue. And I signed him an unmistakable ancient gesture. <laughs> 
After the game, the six of us sat around chatting. Helgi suggested that Bjorn join his trivia group back in Hopnina during the legislative break. My dad got excited and told Bjorn he was dying to show him our home brewery at the estate. Dad even had a brewery tour all planned out, and Bjorn politely said that he wouldn't be able to go back with us. It was heartbreaking to see the crushed looks on my dad and Helgi's faces. Bjorn got very embarrassed and explained that he suffers from extreme claustrophobia on a spacecraft and that trips like that are a literal nightmare for him. My dad, eager to get his best friend to Haimavina, and noting that he is a doctor, offered to drug him for the flight. (laughs) Bjorn laughed and told him that he would think about it. And I realized that every time I've flown with Bjorn from Alondra to Viron, he never leaves the observation deck. We also learned Alondra is the only other planet Bjorn has been to. I know, I was shocked too. Sometimes it's easy to forget that these are autonomous worlds. Travel for work or vacation is an everyday thing, but unless you have a reason to leave, there's no need to go to another planet. Iria is a perfect example. She rarely leaves Haimavina, or the Hopnina metro area for that matter, which is endearing for a woman who runs a spacing industry house. (laughs) Remember how I told you last time that Andy was trying out for a professional sailing team? Well, Andy and Max made the professional crew of the Segbit Barbarian as wing trimmers. Andy's job is great. While training, Andy heads to the workout facilities, then to practice, and then back to work on the Segbit. He also helps the management team with legal and press inquiries. Team Barbarian has several major sponsors, including Andy's favorite watchmaker, Yonso. They offered him a brand ambassador position, which he thought was a dumb idea, until he learned he would get to keep all the watches he was photographed wearing. Seriously, this is really Andy's dream come true. Paid to sail, more free time, travel, and free watches. (laughs) I do have some actual big news. Here, let me stand and show you. Look, my stomach is as big as Braddeth. Our obstetrician says that I'm only having one baby, but if you ask me, I swear I'm carrying a litter of farhoons. I'm doing a couple of weeks and it can't come any sooner. We found out I was pregnant a couple months after we arrived back on Alondra. We were planning on waiting a few more decades, but with Andy having a lot of free time now, we thought maybe we could start trying. We were not expecting to conceive so quickly, but we were really excited. We were scheduled to return to Haimavina for the legislative break, but Andy wants me closer to advanced medical treatments. I wanted to have our baby on Haimavina, but he said, absolutely not. Those archaic medical doctors on that backwater planet could not even set your shoulder right. To which I replied, excuse me? My father is an archaic doctor on that backwater planet. We may be a little stressed and anxious about becoming parents. (laughs) But honestly, I don't think I've seen Andy so happy. He has already transformed one of the guest rooms into the baby's room, got himself a comfy chair for late night feedings, and has baby proofed the entire flat. It's adorable. He also has picked out a bunch of names, but I'm still a Haimavinen, and we don't name our babies before they're born. I didn't even want to know the sex, but the Alithian obstetrician blurted out, She's doing great! So we're having a girl. I can tell you, pregnancy sucks. My body feels like it's out of my control. Jason, I'm a petite person, so when she kicks or moves, you can see my stomach shift. It freaks me out, yet brings me so much joy. I've had a few false labors and momentary panics, but the obstetrician says, since it's my first, everything is going to feel new and weird. I can tell you, everything does feel very new and very weird. And you would think, with all the Alithian medical advancements, they can make birthing easier. Nope. I still have no idea how your species delivers multiple births. Maybe birthing in water is easier? I'm totally open to ideas, because I'm pretty scared about the birth. Andy says he's going to be right beside me during the birth, holding my hand. I don't think I can do this without him. My dad told me my mom squeezed his hand so hard she nearly broke his fingers. (laughs) Naming superstitions aside, we decided that our daughter will carry the Jorgensen family name. It's not technically breaking tradition because I carry both names, and I want to do this for my dad. 
He sacrificed so much for me that I can't think of a better way to tell him that I love him than having our daughter carry on his family name. I haven't told him yet, but my mom cried when I told her. And that's another reason why I want her to be born on Heimavina, in Stromsheim, in the same hospital as all the other Jorgensen's. I wanted the naming ceremony and all of our silly traditions. Anyway, and while Andy and our families are ecstatic, my mentor is a ball of nerves. Bjorn messages me every morning to see how I'm doing, even if he's going to see me later that day. He also insists on accompanying me on my flights back and forth to Veron, if Andy has practice or a race. It's very sweet. And I get it. His wife Yana died in childbirth. Unfortunately, what happened to Yana is not rare, and it does freak me out, if I'm completely honest. But my obstetrician has assured me that I don't have any of the same issues she did. A couple months ago, I was at Sonnen and Erico's place, and the three of us were chatting while waiting for Bjorn to join us for dinner. Erico wanted to know how you were doing, since you've returned, and Sonnet wanted to share her birthing tips for me. When Bjorn arrived, he descended on me like he usually does, and asked to touch my belly, which of course I let him, because he gets so excited when she kicks for him. Bjorn is quite a softie when it comes to kids. Sonnet and I both agree that he's going to be a mess when one of his daughters gets pregnant. <laughs> I almost killed Sonnet, though, when she told her brother that Andy won't bed me, because he thinks it'll hurt the baby. Our obstetrician has repeatedly assured Andy that nothing will happen to the baby. Bjorn and Erko laughed so hard, I swear you could hear them on Bella. Erko made fun of new fathers, but Sonnet reminded him that he was the same way. While the two of them were playfully arguing, Bjorn whispered to me that I looked beautiful and that he could help me with any need I had. I punched him in the arm. <laughs> Bjorn is still Bjorn. That brings me to a funny story about never making a frustrated pregnant woman wait to pay for her purchases. As you know, aside from sailing, I don't follow professional sports. Andy loves all sports, football, to rugby, whatever's on. Personally, I don't understand fandom for arbitrary teams from cities where half of the players aren't from there anyway. But I digress. Mari and I were in a watch boutique because I was picking up a new dad gift for Andy. This couple in front of me was chatting with the clerk about Brengard's rugby team making the finals while I was standing there, visibly pregnant, waiting for my turn. The man turned to me and said, Who are you rooting for in the finals? And I looked at him and said, I don't give a skit. It's a stupid game. I don't get the thrill of watching grown people get injured while running up and down a field with a stupid, oddly-sized ball. And why did the city build them a new stadium anyway? The other one was only 10 years old. Are we rewarding them for losing for the past 20 years? During my rant, Mari was grabbing my arm and told the man that I was kidding. I wasn't kidding, and I said so. The man smiled at his wife and introduced himself as Tim Davenport, rugby captain of the Brengard Giants. His wife told me that I looked great and said that she had been there, which prompted Tim to arrange for four tickets for the finals because he remembered how stressed his wife was when she was pregnant. When I got home and told Andy, I thought he was going to pass out with delight. I told him I could think of a way that he could thank me, and he laughed and raised his eyebrow. I was so excited, I practically tore off his clothes, but he said I was too much baby and started to worry if he would hurt her or if she could see him. He said we could cuddle. Anyway, he's at the game right now with Rune, Mari, and Kai. <laughs> so thanks for keeping me company this evening. It's actually nice to have some quiet time all to myself, because in a couple weeks, there will be another person here, and our lives will change drastically. I'm very excited to meet her, though. Love always. CJ, age 48. Hey, Jason. It's Andy. I know Cicela sent you a message a couple weeks ago, but we wanted you to be one of the first people to hear that Astra Vera Jorgensen has arrived. She is perfect. She has the Jorgensen bright green eyes. Cicela did great, and only dislocated one of my fingers. I've attached a picture of Cicela holding Astra. Can you believe it? We have a baby. Also, thanks for what you said. 
That meant a lot. Luckily for me, I just found my ultimate shining star, my baby girl. We wish you and Aaron were here to meet her. This is Andy. Log entry, Vela 79. Vela Rotat 2703, cycle 12 of the 8th Annual. Hey, hey there, Mom. You made me wait through that whole transmission to tell me the most important part. You are, I mean, uh, were pregnant. I'm really glad that I was out on a mission between Chone and Chona flying scientists around because I couldn't actually work on a message back to you until I had gotten situated. When I finally sat down to work on it, I had an added gift waiting for me as Andy's message came through with the announcement of your giving forth to little Astra. I could hear the exhaustion and excitement in his voice, and I hope that I can do a good job of echoing that with mine. I sent word to everyone as soon as I heard, and my hand terminal hasn't stopped beeping. I hope you don't mind that I just forwarded the photo that Andy sent me to everyone and told them the news. I thought I could hear mom squeal from here when she saw it. She is so proud of you and happy that she is now, how would you refer to it, a grand aunt? She already reserved a large spot on the next courier probe to send as many gifts as she can cram into it. I think you could expect a number of toys and baby clothes to show up soon. Aaron helped her pick out some things that hopefully will fit Astra by the time that they arrive. If not, I'm sure she'll grow into them. Oh look, here's another new message. This one's from Joru. She said to pass on her congratulations, and there's a cute photo of Pei holding up your photo with a caption that says, Proud Cousin. I'll attach that to the message for you. We'll see how many more come in before I'm done. How are you holding up? I know from talking with Soma and Joru that those first few annuals can be a little rough taking care of everything. I hope that little Astra isn't causing you too much trouble. Maybe she'll take after her dad and be less of a troublemaker than her mom was at such a young age. You may not have realized this, but your news came right around the perfect timing for mom's 100th fourth day celebration. This sort of an occasion has become much more common now but everyone here still makes a really big deal about it. Back only a hundred Rotats or so ago, no Velen was ever able to live quite this long. Since the Vlet and a number of other medical improvements, we are seeing almost double the lifespan of the average Velen. Other members of the council actually made the joke that they believed she had Hymovenin blood in her veins, and that's why she has remained so active and vibrant. There were a number of celebrations for mom all over the planet, she was raised in Laar, so many of them still lay claim to her heritage, and the Laar News Network even did a whole piece on her early work. When they reached out to have an interview, she laughed at them and said they lost their chance to have an exclusive with her a long time ago. She did, however, do a few of the talk shows for the CNR News Agency, and their ratings went through the roof. I am also attaching a clip from one of them that I found to be perfect. I knew she would be taping the interview earlier today, so when I got Andy's message, I waited for just the right moment to send her the photo of Astra. As a council member, she's allowed to keep her terminal on during interviews in case something happens. I flagged the message as urgent so it would get through her filters, and right when she was filming, well, it totally threw off the entire interview. She started flooding because she was so happy for you. The interviewer rolled with the whole thing and saw it as a chance to break a new story. After she was done taping, I got a few harsh but loving messages from her for sabotaging her interview. They were empty threats though because she was so happy to see you and the baby. I bet the LNN is going to be pretty upset that they missed out on that scoop. Oh, and here's one from Javi. As expected, it's just filled with lots of nonsensical words like he just mashed buttons. But I think I can make out the words so cute and adorable. I'm going to take that to mean he's excited. Since we knew that I would be working the upcoming moon missions, and after all of the chaos of the CS3 mission died down, 
we all took an opportunity to take a small school vacation. This one was just me, Aaron, Mom, and Hobby. Since for a while, he decided that I'm not allowed to venture too far from home without him as of late. In honor of, at the time, Mom's upcoming celebrations, we booked a suite at the Lukula R, which is now mostly operational in Vela's orbit. They were more than excited to have Mom on board and did everything to make the entire trip outstanding. Our room was essentially a small apartment with three bedrooms and a huge common area. We were there for five cycles, and it was the much-needed break from everything that we all had been waiting for. We had reservations at the high-end restaurants, and Aaron and I even went out dancing on multiple evenings. The most important aspect of the whole trip is that no one stopped us to talk about the CS3 or Mom's council business. Even Aaron was amazed that no one stopped or even glanced twice at her for sounding like the SI that was used aboard the station. It was like we were just there as normal guests. The first night, I took Mom out for a special dinner that was just the two of us. Aside from a few brief cycles at home, we hadn't really had the chance to do something with just us. She had her work, and I was constantly mired in interviews and investigations. Before we left, there was a very silly photo shoot outside one of the main city buildings where I was welcomed home by the entire council, and Mom had to hand me a plaque with the names of the planets we discovered. It was all done as a PR stunt, and we both did a great job of looking professional when all we wanted to do was just hug and hold each other close. This dinner was special because we didn't have any outside interference and we could just relax. We rounded out one of the evenings with a small, personal fourth day celebration for Mom, where I gave her all of the gifts from there that were sent in the probe. She loved the jewelry and put all of it on that evening. I even snapped a photo of her wearing that ridiculous shirt, which she loves, by the way, and she insisted on wearing it out to a small concert that was going on in one of the lounges. After she left with one of the bottles, I'm not even sure which one, the rest of us distributed the other gifts from the probe. Tell Andy that the watches look incredible, and while we did need to swap out the bands for something that was more scale-friendly, they look great. I gave Erin the pendant that you sent, and she loves it. She had me put it on her, and when I did, she tucked it under her shirt so it would sit close to her heart. When I asked why she didn't want it out for everyone to see, she just said that it wasn't for everyone else. It was just a link between her and you, like my feelstone. She also said that it was way better than a silly rock, in that it had meaning, and it proved that you and she are truly my protectors. You for being there for me when the CS1 crashed, and her for being with me, in a way, on the CS3. She took the feelstone and tapped it gently on the pendant with a thank you, Chona. When I asked her about using my silly rock, she just replied with a just in case and winked at me. Oh, that one's from Geary. She says that they are working on a new special edition of Sidrus, and I just solved a huge problem for them. They didn't have a name yet, and now it's going to be the Astra edition. She says that the aging process of this run will take a few rotats, so Astra may actually be old enough to drink it by the time she can ship you a bottle. Since our vacation, I've been doing simple local runs around the planet and between the moods. Most of it is just bringing scientists and supplies from one place to another. The shuttle crews are small and easy to get along with. It's not the most glamorous of assignments, but they are easy and quick, and they don't take me far away from home for very long. I'm not quite ready to go out and do anything big just yet. It's been a while since my little adventure, but one thing I have come back with is a grasp of time and how sometimes you have a lot of it, and sometimes you don't. You had asked me about any big changes back home, and... Yeah, there have been quite a few. Thankfully, nothing quite as drastic as you described. All of my usual favorite restaurants and hangouts are still there, but there was a major overhaul of the transit streams in downtown CNR. And in the time I was gone, they completely remodeled all of the infrastructure to widen areas and added in some pedestrian pathways. This sort of thing usually takes a few rotets, and, well, it did, actually. 
But when I got back, it completely changed my commute to both the VSA building and the SI labs. I was so disoriented the first annual or so. I kept taking turns that didn't lead to where I was going, and at one point, I think I was just in my head so much that I was on autopilot and ended up on the complete other side of the city. I know this sort of thing happens now and then when we are out on longer missions to TKH or Feynora, but it was weirder since I hadn't felt like I was gone for nearly that long. You can let Oli know that I'm winking back at him. I spoke with mom about some of the information you sent, and she let me know that while the communication is still ongoing within and outside of the council, plans are still in effect to continue building the fleet of trade vessels. The autonomous courier probe has been upgraded a few times with modifications that are going into the trade fleet, and the first of those new craft has actually made it to the PPC station at the midpoint and back. They needed to complete the mission that we were unable to do, so they fast-tracked one of the new vessels to take care of it. Tenga Station is rapidly becoming a more habitable and usable place with its own upgrades, and should be a good stepping-off point for all of the upcoming trade talks. They've been investigating the interference that we experienced, and are still doing a diagnosis of the systems from the CS3. I would say that what's left of the CS3, but aside from a general frame of the vessel, there isn't much there anymore. Everything was broken down, and has either been recycled or dismantled for examination. What they were able to capture from the SI shows that, as Helgi expected, it didn't come from the solar flare or anything near Vela or Hymavina. The closest they have been able to triangulate shows that it was coming from the edge of the system. But since that encompasses pretty much all of the rest of space, it hasn't been much help. Let Helgi know that I'm always happy to help test out a hypothesis, but I would prefer to do it in a more controlled environment next time. I don't know how much it would matter to your traditionalists there, but Vela is aware of the issues with the interference, and they believe that it may be caused by the combination of Hymavina and Vela tech. Because of this, they are building out this fleet using only Velen components in the systems, and there have been no issues as of yet. Which means that all of the vessels that could be used by the Trade Commission are already being built and deployed. If people like Helena are concerned with trade matters interfering with planets in the Elithian system, then I think that the simple answer is that Elithian planets don't participate in trade with Vela. From what I can tell, the Council has only been referring to Hymavina in their talks, so I don't know that it's any Elithian or Ganymean business what Hymavina does. As far as I have seen, and of course I'm no expert in this field at all, it would seem like all Hymavina would have to do to be involved is just send and receive goods. Vela is already doing all of the fin work to get the system of transit up and running. I'm sure that you would have much more insight into the inner workings of all of that sort of deal, though. You are the business tycoon, and I am just a lowly flight stick handler. You clearly have a better handle on business affairs anyways, with how you are taking care of the company back home. 300,000 employees? That's incredible, CJ. I knew that you were successful in what you did, but to see that sort of growth is outstanding. Everyone around you must be so proud. You and all of your people deserve some special recognition. Who knows, maybe when the trade talks finish up, maybe you could have a link into the markets of hand terminals here on Vela. It would be amazing to call up Javi on something designed and built by your company. Do you need an endorsement? I could do a commercial for you. I'm Jason Sayori. And when I'm not gallivanting around the universe seeking out planets that have never been seen before, I like to use my Jorgensen Terminal to stay in touch with friends. Jorgensen Terminals for when you want to reach that special someone who isn't near you now. <laughs> and looks like this one's from Erin. Aww. She says that she is ready to take all of the space sickness pills needed to get on one of the trade craft and fly out to meet little Astra. How soon is that guest room going to be completed? The next time you have one of your trivia nights, you should totally have Andy start slipping in some Velen questions, and when they come up, you could be the ringer for your team. 
sometimes I think you know more about Velen history and information than I do. If you don't, I am sending you something to help you brush up for those nights. I've been enjoying your Heimavina history book a lot, and I found an equivalent version from here to send you. You can feel free to copy it out for Erko and Janine as well, as I'm sure they would love it. I'm glad to hear that Andy has found his place on his new racing team. I loved my time racing skiffs here, and if I didn't have a dream of making it out into space and traveling the stars, I think I would have been right there with him doing a dream job. It also sounds like he may have found his calling by working some of his own business know-how into helping the team grow. Knowing his drive to go after the things he wants in life, I am sure it won't be long before he's running the whole team or managing multiple teams. <sighs> I really should call up my old team and see how they're all doing. Hearing about Andy is giving me the urge to go do some more racing. Let him know that I'm really jealous. As for your good buddy Bjorn, you let him know that as someone who has spent a lot of time inside a capsule that was literally closing in around him, I understand the fear that comes from spaceflight. Unfortunately, there is really only one way to deal with a fear like that, and that's to face it. I have moments on every craft that I'm on where a certain room is a little tight or the air feels thinner than it really is. But I just have to tell myself that there are safety measures in place and that the people around me are depending on me to be confident in what I'm doing. Mom would tell me stories of Papa Gisto and how he was afraid to get on skiffs a long time ago because it would make him sick, but he wouldn't ever let it stop him and he even ventured across the entire ocean, more than once, because it meant a lot to his school and to himself to show that he could do it. To the same extent, this is how Aaron feels, to a degree. Going out on the Yana is important to me, and going up into space is now even more a part of her job. If things start to feel bad, there are pills that she can take to help, but she gets through it and moves on. I hope he can find himself able to make it to Heimavina one day, because I plan to make it there, and I would like to meet him in person. Tell him I have issued him this challenge. Well, aside from a few more missions out and around the local system, it's been pretty quiet here for the last rotat. The interviews are all dying down, and I'm just happy to watch the world around me grow with every passing cycle. Everything is finally getting back to normal, and I'm sure that you are experiencing the exact opposite there with your new addition. But pretty soon, you'll have a new normal to get used to. Please give little Astra a hug from her uncle Jason. May the waves guide us. Jason, 49. Log entry, Heimavina 79, 2384, Age of Enlightenment. Hey, Uncle Jason. Thank you for relaying all those sweet messages from everyone. I have received a flood of happy wishes. You could literally sail here on the love I have received from Vela alone. I wish you and Aaron were here to meet her. We are just beside ourselves with happiness. Right now, I'm looking out the window, and Andy and Astra are playing on the deck. She is shuffling on her little toddler legs, wearing a bright red dress that Mari got her. Here, let me turn the camera around. <laughs> Look at that. She won't let Andy pick her up. She keeps swiping his hand away. <laughs> she has so much determination and so much pride. She's definitely my daughter. <laughs> oh, look! Ah, She's changed her mind. She wants her daddy now. Oh, this is too cute. Can you hear him? He's singing to her. Andy is completely in love with her. He tells anyone who will listen about her, shows them pictures, and proclaims that she's going to be brilliant. <laughs> and watching the two of them fills me with so much love. <laughs> and Astra's first steps came out of nowhere. The three of us were just playing on the floor, and she had pulled herself up on the side table. Andy got up to go grab her a snack, and she followed him to the kitchen like she had been walking for months. I started cheering, and Andy got on his knees, and she shuffled right into his arms. It was so sweet. But now she wants to walk all of the time, and she's a speedy little thing. <laughs> 
This probably stems from the first few months of Astra's life. I don't think anyone put her down. Between our families, everything she does seems to be chronicled by someone's camera. I can't even imagine how many videos and pictures my family has already sent your mom. <laughs> she also has an obscene amount of clothes and toys because the grandmas can't help themselves every time they see something cute. I'm super excited to see what Erin and your mom picked out, though. Astra is quite the stylish girl, but with Velen fashion in her collection, she will be an icon by the time she goes to school. You will be happy to know that I enrolled her in swim classes, and I think she must have some Velen blood because she loves the water. I guess this time I'll tell you at the beginning of the message. I'm pregnant again. <laughs> We're having twin girls. This was always a possibility because twins run both in our families. Iria tells me I look better than she did, but I think she is lying to me. I have seen pictures of her, and she looked great, and was doing her nightly newscast up until the week she gave birth. I need Andy to help me put on my shoes. <laughs> Raythea said when she was pregnant with twins, it was awful, and depending on the day, I could answer either way. <laughs> I'm a couple days past my due date, so I'm hoping not to go into labor while recording this. I would stand and show you my belly, but I'm afraid I'll fall over. I had no idea my small body could expand this much. <laughs> I'm glad your mom loved her gifts, and it sounded like you guys had a great celebration for her. And it's nice to hear that she was celebrated all over Vela. I was thinking about what an amazing hundred years your mom has lived. From traveling all over and meeting so many interesting people and experiencing the beautiful cultures around Vela to where she is now a senior council member, and using her experience to prove Velen lives. I'm also glad to hear that you finally took a vacation. You definitely deserved a break. The pictures from the Space Hotel look so elegant, and the views are incredible. I bet I could just sit there for hours watching the planet. Well, maybe not. I might pass out. <laughs> but I'm glad you got to experience it as a regular guest. But you should return as a VIP, you know, for the experience. I can't wait to come out and see the hotel for myself. I have a treat for you. I have attached several vids of Andy's races. Team Barbarian placed fourth last season, but this season the teams are so evenly matched, it's anyone's to win. The foiling segments are so fast, and it's really fun to watch them race the course. I think you're going to love it. One of the videos is directly from the team's cameras and comms, so you can hear them during the race. I figure that's the vid you're going to love the most. The team is very colorful when they're racing. The next season is going to be on Heimavina, and Team Barbarian is going to be training in Stromsheim. I'm taking most of the year off to take care of the twins, and I'm looking forward to being home and taking our little girl squad to the marina to watch their daddy. Like Pei, with the VSA and the TPP, Astra has become the team mascot. Andy is the first crew member with a baby, so everyone loves when I bring her to practice. I played your hand terminal spot for Janine. Jason, you have created a monster. <laughs> Janine and her advertising team storyboarded a new spot for you, and it's impressive. They've created it as a single, continuous shot, and while you're saying your lines, you're walking the streets of CNR, and then the Marina District in Hopmina, and then along the Crystal Bluffs in Brengard, and finally on Pier 4 in Tallina. Your hand terminal rings, and you say, Hey, Reka. And then you turn around and watch the Alithia set. This means, of course, that you will have to come out to the Alithian system to film it. Janine explained the whole idea at Sun and Dog Brunch. Kurt, Sonnet, and Erko's son acted out your part, which I recorded so you can see it. Erko walked in while they were explaining it and asked, Is Jason coming out? When? He can stay with me in Sonnet. We would love to host him. You have quite a fan in Erko. I think he sees a lot of his younger self in you. He grew up with a single mom too, but his parents divorced when he was very young, and he doesn't have any contact with his father. I think that's why he's so involved in his kids' lives, so they can have the dad that he wished he had. Ergo's path to becoming a pilot is a cute story, and I think you'll like it. As he tells it, he was maybe five years old when his mom took him to an air show during Fleet Week in Tallina. During Fleet Week, the military shows up with their latest ships, 
puts on demonstrations and parades, and lets the public aboard for tours. It basically lets the fleet show off, and depending on who the fleet admiral is, there's a special treat for the home planet. In this instance, the admiral was a Veronian and arranged for a unit of marines to conduct an orbital insertion. To hear Erica describe the site, even now, is almost enough to convince me to enlist. But as he got older, it became clear that he was never going to be big enough to be a Marine. But his instructors realized that he was a natural pilot. Sonnet and Erico have two kids, both in their 30s. Their son Kurt works as an advocate in the House Laurel and Mergers and Acquisitions Division. And their daughter Hannah is an officer and a flight engineer in the 3rd Fleet. Hannah proudly describes herself as a wrench rat who would rather fix spaceships than fly them. Which makes Erico beam because according to him, flight engineers are the heart and soul of the entire fleet. Speaking of parents, Bjorn's parents, Nikolai and Elena, spent the year on Heimavina. Nikolai has been to Heimavina several times for research, but he was on sabbatical and wanted an entire year with the ancient library. He participated in several symposiums and lectured as a guest professor at my alma mater, Stromheim Polytechnic. He just published a book examining the linguistic evolution of Mana languages from ancient to present planetary dialects. When I told Nikolai that I was fascinated by his research, he insisted that he teach me ancient so I would understand the fundamentals. It's actually harder than I expected, because many of the words in ancient are actually entire phrases or ideas. The word Vasca is a perfect example. It basically means to purchase something expensive with the intention of throwing it away to demonstrate how wealthy you are. Nikolai uses this word every time someone mentions a laundering culture. (laughs) I know, I shouldn't laugh. But I've actually seen Andy's law school friends order extra bottles of very expensive sparkling vin to spray it on themselves at Futbolta games. When I mumbled about it being wasteful the first time I saw them do this, Andy whirled on me with his mouth open and said, Excuse me, this coming from the woman who won't finish a barrel-aged sour ale if it doesn't taste perfect? I replied that it's not the same thing. Andy laughed, kissed me, and joined his friends in their ridiculousness. Jason, back me up. It's not the same thing. They intentionally waste perfectly made, very expensive sparkling vin that a vinter perfected after years of racking. I order pints of a science experiment that contains hops and is made in a matter of weeks. I like Bjor, and I like trying new things, but if it's not good, I'm not drinking it. Life is too short for bad ale. Mother's breath. I really am my father's daughter. (laughs) Janine and Erico want to thank you for the copy of the History of Vela you sent me. I also gave a copy to Nikolai, and I think you made his year. Nikolai told me that he wants to create a new course on Velen history and culture at the university where he teaches. When he was on Heimavina, Janine got him a network account, and he utilized the academic pages to research, read peer-reviewed articles, and sent messages to Velen academics. Nikolai still can't believe that we created this when we were kids, and thinks we were geniuses. When he said that, Bjorn grinned and said, What is genius, Dad? is how Cicela and Jason have convinced my daughter and his mate to maintain this site for free. <laughs> we are pretty devious, aren't we? <laughs> Bjorn and Sonnet were worried that their parents weren't going to return from Heimavina because they purchased a place on the bluffs in East Marion, outside of Hopnina. I think this was mostly Janine convincing her grandparents to purchase a family vacation place. She is desperate to open a House Laurelin satellite office. But every time she brings it up to Bjorn, he just replies, Vaska. At least now I understand what he means. (laughs) As far as your challenge to Bjorn, Andy hasn't really helped change his mind. After I told Bjorn what you said, Andy told him, Interstellar flight isn't so bad, B. First, the shields close over the windows, and then you hear them lock. Thunk, thunk, thunk. And then... You feel the tingle of the subspace engines coming online. Of course, now you are trapped inside for almost four days flying through the blackness of space. 
Bjorn stared at Andy with a deadpan expression as Andy howled with laughter. Then Bjorn said, It's hard to imagine why Rowan didn't like you to start with. <laughs> the next house summit will be on Heimavina in a couple of years, so Bjorn may not have a choice. <laughs> I took some leave after Astra was born, and I'm not working as much as I used to. My legislative and acquisition teams are exceptional, and really don't need me at all if I'm completely honest. Plus, work has been quiet and steady, so being pregnant now is probably a good timing. Don't get me wrong, I love spending time with Astra, and being her mommy is my new favorite job. But I do miss being in the office. What I don't want to admit is that all the parents on my team were right when they said that being in the office was sometimes easier than when Astra is having a fussy baby day. <laughs> what did Mama Mai used to say? Oh yeah. Induk Ipop. We are doomed to have children who are more troublesome or worse than we are as kids. <laughs> she was not wrong. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Astra is a really good girl and a very happy baby. And she smiles at everyone. But her favorite person is Bjorn. She reaches for him every time she sees him. Astra wraps her little arms around his neck and she gives him kisses on his cheeks and she plays with his long hair. No one exists when Uncle B is around. And the feelings are mutual. Bjorn adores kids and he loves her. Andy would literally try to bribe her away with her favorite toys. But she turns her head away and clings to Bjorn. <laughs> it's hysterical. But as soon as she's hungry, then all she wants is mom. <laughs> a few months ago, Andy was at the Vinstrasse compound grabbing some baby stuff for the twins. When he found a couple of boxes that were labeled Alora's desk. He grabbed the boxes and brought them home. Inside, we found tons of photos of Andy's family. There was one of Janine at 10 years old playing on the beach with a giggling six-month-old Andy. It's so precious. I attached a copy. Doesn't Astra look a lot like Andy at the same age? There's another picture of the Laurelin sisters in their 20s with their arms around Alora, laughing and holding up pints of ale. And another picture of a young woman with her arms around a young Bjorn. At first, we thought it was Janine, until we noticed her brown eyes, the dimples, and the black diamond wrap bracelet. It was Yana. Janine once told me that she looks a lot like her ma, but with the exception of Janine's gray eyes, Andy and I couldn't believe the resemblance. When we gave the pictures to Bjorn, he was touched and had forgotten that Alora had these on her desk. The box also contains something else interesting, her journals. Bjorn told us that Laura liked to jot ideas, make notes, and doodle during meetings. The three of us spent the rest of the evening paging through Laura's private thoughts and learned a lot about her strategies. We learned that she wanted to buy out Verkstad space and offer Iria a board seat at House Vinstrasse. The offer was well worth it, and I know Iria would have taken it. She would have been silly not to. <laughs> She also had some fascinating notes on people, including a whole page on me. Mostly scribbles about my resume, political affiliations, public things like that. And there was a side note that read, She's the perfect protege for Bjorn. Need to talk to Vera at the trade talks. Bjorn should send Janine to the trade talks too. Girls should meet. Bet they would be besties. We were all amazed at what Alora wrote and wondered if she was laughing somewhere at how everything turned out. Andy is now reading her journals and work notes at night, and it has been fascinating to see into the mind of a truly gifted business icon. We also learned something else about the past that was interesting. The first time Andy's dad, Reese, came over by himself to babysit, Bjorn was at the flat because he, Andy, and I were heading to the Vonlichbuch. Anyway, they both hugged. And if you're shocked, Imagine Andy's face. And then Reese said, I have always thought Bjorn was a good kid, even if your mom didn't. And then Reese told us that it was the House Laurelin security team who rescued Andy, and that he will forever be grateful, no matter what. Andy didn't say anything. He walked right up to Bjorn and wrapped him in a hug, while whispering, Thank you. It turned out to be a pretty emotional evening because we also asked Bjorn to be Astra's Verndari. 
A Vendari is like your pastels, and are usually friends of the parents who promise to help in the child's upbringing and teach them about Linnea. A few weeks later, everyone gathered at my parents' vacation place on Biron, and we held the simple Vendari ceremony. A priestess holds the baby and tells them the story of Linnea, and then gives them a blessing. And then the baby is past the chosen Vendari, and they encant the ancient rite. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. No blood oaths this time. Just a sweet ceremony. Bjorn wanted to do something special for Astra, so he put my dad's fieldstone in her hands, and he held his stone to his heart and said, Listen to my heart, Astra. I promise to protect you with my life and teach you all about Linnea. And Astra was so good and giggled at him while holding the stone with her little hands. And then she said, B! And we all gasped as everyone witnessed her first word. Bjorn's eyes filled with tears and he kissed her forehead and then he handed her back to me and she said, No! B! And we witnessed her new favorite sentence. <laughs> I handed my child back to him. And everyone laughed as Astra clung to him and kept saying, Bee! <laughs> the joke was on Bjorn, though, as he was stuck with Astra until she fell asleep from all the excitement. <laughs> After I put Astra down for a nap, I was about to walk into the great room with everyone when I heard a voice say, Elena, I was really hoping never to see you again. And then I heard, Merathia, <laughs> my son says you're single-handedly ruining Alora's legacy. As I walked toward where they were arguing, I heard Raythea say, Please, you couldn't cut it as head of house, so you quit. To which Bjorn's mother replied, You are as good a chef as I am an engineer, but we are both equally bad at running a house. The difference is, I promoted my son, while you let your ego get in the way. I was trying to sneak quickly away, when Iria stormed into the room where they were arguing, and said, Hey! Mother's breath. I have done time with criminals who gave up grudges quicker than you two. Both of you are my age. Grow up! Then Iria walked back into the great room, and it took every fiber of my body not to laugh out loud. So I went back to check on Astra. <laughs> oh! I have a story for you about Oli and Sonnet's past. <laughs> okay, back in... Ooh. Mm, wait... I guess it's time. I'm just gonna pause right here. Andy? Hey, Jason. I'm recording this on my hand terminal. As you can see, I'm at the hospital. I want to introduce you to a couple of tiny sleeping girls. Okay. This is Callista Frida Jorgensen. She's wrapped in green because she has bright green eyes. And this is Ragna Ori Newspark. And she's wrapped in red because she has the Newspark amber red eyes. Look at those sweet nuggets. Since our moms consider each other sisters, we thought a couple sisters should share their names. I hope your mom doesn't mind. <laughs> I also have found a new respect for Mama Amai. Ooh, I don't think I can do that again. <laughs> Look over here. Astra is asleep on Andy, and he's out cold too. I'm going to make fun of him later for that, because what did he do? It's not like he just pushed out two babies. <laughs> well, I'm going to go to sleep now too, but I wanted you to meet the twins. Love you and Aaron. CJ, age 49. You've been listening to an episode of Binary Saga. The part of CJ is played by Vanessa Shannon Anderson. The part of Jason has been played by Steve Petricelli. Music by Eric Matias and soundimage.org. Thank you to our Patreon members, Rob and Mary Carnahan, and Samantha. If you like what we're doing, please consider visiting our Patreon page, which can be found in the Where to Find Us menu on our website. We have multiple levels of support, 
with a lot of fun, special features like transcripts and photos. Or if you just want to donate to our Cafe, Bjor, or Sidrus funds, it is always appreciated. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook with at TheBinarySaga. Want to ask us questions? You can join us on Discord for general chat. Find all of these links and more information at BinarySaga.com. You can also read the print version of the entire first and second season in Kindle or paperback on Amazon. Print versions include a number of extra stories and background information. Just search for The Binary Saga.